Well, good morning, church. It is good to see each of you gathered here. Uh, you may notice that Pastor Jacqueline and Marlon are not with us. They uh, are struggling with uh, the virus, and uh, both are getting much better, but of course they're still under the protocols, and we do miss them being with us, and I know they would appreciate your prayers. I think there's others in our congregation that uh, are struggling with it as well, so uh, we need to continue to be vigilant and continue to remember each other in prayer. This morning I want to share with you from out of Genesis chapter 3, a story that is very familiar probably to all of you. It's something that uh, you've, you've heard many times. Um, but today, you may hear a little bit different turn on this passage of Scripture and what it means. And so, I hope that you'll listen closely and you'll hear this passage as well as hear what is to be said. Genesis chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. The serpent was more crafty than any other animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say, You shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, Oh, we may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then... Eyes of both were opened, and they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And the man and the wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. May God bless the hearing and reading of his word. Let us pray. Father, we pray today that you would cause this ancient story to come alive. Help us to know, Lord, that it too is our story. And Lord, let us hear from you words that can make a difference. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, last week we began our sermon series on Bless Your Heart. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say to your neighbor, Bless Your Heart. Now, I want you to add another word to that. Say, Well, Bless Your Heart. Okay, do this a good southerner. Well, Bless Your Heart. Say it to your neighbor now, okay? Well, Bless Your Heart. Now, doesn't that make you feel better? Don't you feel really blessed? Last week as we began to examine this idea of blessing, we discovered that in the Bible, this idea of blessing is rich and deep. Blessing is experienced in a flourishing life that is filled with fruitfulness, prosperity, security, responsibility, and this word we call wholeness, shalom. Our blessings flow from God in God's timing. We found that God's blessings are not something we can earn, but something that God gives to us very freely. 
And the great news is this. God desires to bless people. It's in God's nature to bless, and God wants to bless you. But as we begin to talk about blessing, we have to understand that there is a counter-movement to blessing. It's what's called the curse. The curse is the opposite of blessing, and it puts this stranglehold on life. It brings insecurity and chaos, brokenness in relationship and community, and it creates just a very struggle to survive. And just as all around us in God's created world, there are blessings to be enjoyed, the curse is real as well. Now, I dare say that all of us gathered here this morning would much rather experience God's blessing than to taste any of the curse. But today, this curse, this whole idea, has a huge impact on our world around us and on us. So for the next few moments, I want us to take a glimpse into this matter of the curse. The story of Adam and Eve, in my opinion, is one of the richest, most intriguing stories ever told. You see, while it's an ancient story of this primordial couple, it's also the story of all humanity. It's your story and my story. We are very much a part of what's said here in Genesis chapter 3. This story of Adam and Eve begins with God creating this beautiful world. And God discovers that there is a need to have a creature to help care for, oversee the created order that God has placed in existence. And so God creates such a being. God takes dirt, forms it into the shape of a human being, then breathes his breath into that being, and that being comes alive. And thus, the first human is born. We call him Adam. Adam was given responsibility over all this created order. All that he needed for his life to be fulfilling, all that he needed for his life to be full, all he needed to live fully was present. For God placed him in a garden to care for that garden where everything existed in harmony. But God soon found that it was not good for this human being to be alone. And so God decided to do some very radical surgery. He took this first human being, divided it, took part of this first human being, created the counterpart, and created Eve. And so there was Adam and Eve. In this enchanted garden, they were given the responsibility to oversee and to care for what God had created. Everything they needed was present. And in this garden, heaven and earth together met one another. Everything needed to fulfill their very needs, to sustain their lives, to fill their lives with fullness, to give them purpose and meaning was present in that garden. There together. They could enjoy a deep and intimate relationship with one another like was unknown. They could enjoy an unfettered access to God. All they needed 
was present in that garden and life was good and they were blessed can you imagine living in an environment where there is perfect harmony where all that is needed is provided where life is fulfilling where life is filled with meaning that was the garden and that is the place that I believe God intended for humanity to live, that place of great abundance of blessing there in the garden. God gave Adam and Eve full access to the abundant resources of the garden. And God shared that every tree and every vine, every uh, plant that rose from the ground that bore fruit was good for eat except one except one and which was located in the middle of the garden was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and God had warned them and said if you eat of this tree you will die you will die and in that idea of dying, we begin to hear the first hint of a curse. Blessing brings life in abundance. Curse brings a robbing of life, a stranglehold on life. If you eat of this fruit, you'll die. But one day, Adam and Eve were in the middle of this garden when Eve came upon the tempter. And the tempter asked Eve a question. Did God give you access to all the fruit of this enchanted garden? And she said, yeah, God said we could eat of anything except this one tree. And if we were to eat of that tree, we will surely die. And then the tempter, being the tempter, said to Eve, you know... If you eat that tree, you're not going to die. It's not like poison, and man, it's going to zap you if you touch and eat it. But when you eat of that tree, you will become like God, knowing good from evil. You've heard that story a lot, haven't you? If you eat that tree, you'll die. Eve was instantly placed into a dilemma. That tree, it had the appearance of all the other trees and vines in the garden, all the other fruit. It was appealing. It gave off a wonderful, tempting aroma to it. It appeared to be beautiful and, and colorful, and it, it looked like it could add to their diet. And it had this side benefit, if you eat it, you can know the difference between what is good and what is bad. What is right and what is wrong. And so Eve reached for what she perceived to be a blessing and ate the fruit. Now you need to hear this. That tree and what it offered was not bad. Not bad. 
Now, human beings never have been nor ever will be God, but we were created in the image of God. We have characteristics that flow from the divine being into who we are. In the New Testament, in speaking to believers, Paul wrote that we are to be conformed into the image of Jesus. Who is Jesus? He's God. So we need to become more like Jesus in our lives. Also, the New Testament tells us in the book of Hebrews that the mark of maturity for a believer is being able to distinguish, that is to know the difference between what is good and what is evil, what is right and what is wrong. So the benefit of eating the fruit was not what was bad. But what you have to understand is this. What Eve did, what she tried to obtain God's blessing from a way other than God had intended. You see, God's blessings in our lives, God's blessings in our world, flow naturally from God in God's timing, in God's ways. Anytime we attempt to shortcut obtaining the blessing, when we try to grab it for ourselves, it brings the curse into our lives. This is the nature of much of what we call human sin. We try to grab the blessing instead of depending upon this relationship with God and God to bring the blessing into our lives at the right time. We try to grab the blessing on our own. We try to do it on our own, and as a result, we introduce into our world, into our lives, the curse. Let me give you just a few examples to give you an idea. It's interesting this morning, following the, the, the first service, a person came up to me and, and said, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like people who do drugs. Drugs for many people offer a kind of blessing. It can be for some an escape from painful reality they are experiencing. Or it can be a means to some kind of ecstasy in their lives, a kind of a, a euphoria that will come by taking of that drug. And so they reach for that blessing and they do that drug. And then as they continue to do that, it opens their lives to a curse. That thing becomes a life-robbing thing inside them. When COVID started, a lot of folks started searching for the blessing of security. And a lot of people began to withdraw and kind of became isolated in their own walled-up structures and world. 
Instead of trusting in God and in community that God had offered and staying in, in, in contact with God and with community, people isolate themselves. And today we see that many of those folks are suffering through the curse of isolation, loneliness, and depression. God intended for all of us to experience deep, meaningful, intimate relationships as human beings. We need that. And there's a blessing that comes with that. And many of us begin to experience some of that blessing in the context of marriage. But it's not uncommon for a spouse Become, begin to feel a bit dissatisfied in that relationship, feeling that there's something lacking in the relationship. And so that spouse begins to reach for what appears to be a blessing. Some turn to pornography, some turn to fantasy, some spouses find someone else and thinking that other person, I can find happiness and satisfaction. And they reach and they grasp that fruits, but with it comes the curse of brokenness, hurt, pain, not only on that couple, but on the community around them. The curse. Eve looked at that fruit, thought it was a blessing, she grabbed what she thought was that blessing and she consumed it and made it a part of her life. She gave it to Adam. He was not an innocent bystander. He was there all along. He knew and he ate it as well. And the curse came into this perfect utopia paradise called Eden. If you really hear the story, your heart will be broken and it will be difficult to hold back the tears about the curse that entered into God's world. You see, even before Adam and Eve spoke with God or God spoke with them about what happened, they had entered into the curse. We are told that when they ate the fruit, they realized they were naked, and they began to sew leaves together to cover their nakedness. Now, when we hear that story, we are people who like to wear clothes and we believe in decency and so forth. And so nakedness has something to do with sensuality and modesty says wear clothes. But that's not what this story is about. This story is not about modesty. It's not about sensuality. But in this story, nakedness for Adam and Eve was living lives with nothing hidden from each other. They were perfectly open. And now, as the curse enters, they begin to hide themselves from each other. That intimacy that God intends for us to have as human beings in relationship with each other, as God wants us to have in marriage with one another, it becomes broken by the curse. When they heard God walking 
in the midst of the garden in the coolness of the evening. The time when God had normally walked with Adam and Eve and they had had this unbelievable fellowship, contact, interaction with God. They hid themselves from God. That access to God, that unfettered access to God, that ability to be with God face to face, His countenance shining upon them, was broken. The curse had come. Our relationship with God is broken. Then God speaks to this couple about what's happened. And I want to begin with what he says to Adam. He says to Adam, he said, Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat from it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you will eat plants of the field, and by the sweat of your brow you shall eat bread. Notice what's happened here. Adam's vocation, Eve's vocation, caretakers over this beautiful, abundant, prosperous, fruitful garden, their vocation has changed. Now instead of it naturally producing and them being fulfilled and all that's happening, it's going to be this ongoing battle. Vocation no longer has the same level of fulfillment. There's going to be a battle to survive. There's going to be a battle to do. Life will be hard. That's not just Adam and Eve's story. That's the human story. Yes, often in our work, our vocation, we find fulfillment and meaning. But it's hard, isn't it? It's not easy. There is the struggle. That comes. It doesn't always work out the way that we hope it will work out. Things can be very difficult. It can be difficult to manage with toil and pain. We have to live out our vocation. Then God speaks, or He speaks to Eve as well. And God says to Eve, I will greatly increase your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children, yet your desire will be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Those words in Hebrew translated pains in childbearing are the same word as toil spoken to Adam. Just as it will be a battle in toil to fulfill vocation, so it will be in childbearing. Now understand, this is more than talking about labor pains, that, it's, that when a baby comes into this world, it's hard on mama. It's more than that. But it's talking about that in childbearing, in human relationships, it's going to be painful, it's going to be toil, it's going to be hard, it's going to be difficult. There's brokenness been introduced into our world. And that becomes the story that will follow in Genesis throughout all of humanity. Because we find Cain and Abel struggling in their relationships. We find Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar struggling. We find Joseph and his brothers struggling. We find this difficulty in relationships and the hardness and toil that it is to have the kind of relationships that God wants. 
and perhaps the saddest, in my opinion, of all the words in this story are these when God says to Eve, and he, Adam, shall rule over you. He shall rule over you. That's not the way God intended. You see, in Genesis 1, God created them male and female, and he gave them dominion over his creation. We were in this together. Not that one rules over the other. And there in that beautiful garden, this part counterpart, Adam and Eve, they were to oversee this beautiful creation of God. Viceroys together over creation. But the curse brings domination of one ruling over another. And we see it played out on every dimension of our humanity between women and men, between the genders, between ages, between nations. We see such division and strife in our world. Such chaos has unfolded from the curse. The curse. And our hearts break. Genesis 3 as it unfolds, unleashes a darkness upon God's good creation. Those who bear his breath begin to bear the curse. And we ask, how far are we fallen? The curse is dark and bleak. It's real in our world, not just back then, but it is now. And yet, there is a God whose very nature is to bless. God's very desire to bless you and me. Can God, can God, can God redeem us from the curse? Can God redeem you from the curse? Can God restore the fullness of blessing that he has intended? Can God redeem us from the curse? There's a message of hope. It's still dark in Genesis 3, but there's a message of hope. To the serpent, God said, Eve's seed, the woman's seed, will crush your head. It is an ancient foreshadowing of a cross is to be a cross through which the blessing 
of God will be restored. God prepares for this couple clothing, placing his protection around them as a sign of blessing of his ongoing care. The curse is real, but our God is good. Let us pray. Father, we all are living in this world, and all of us have tasted the bitterness of the curse. Lord, we see how in our lives and the lives of folks around us that the curse has brought a strangling of the life that you've intended. We pray, O oh God, by the power of Jesus Christ, that you redeem us from the curse and let us live once again in the fullness of your blessing. 